Hello, this is Marguerite Monet from Edge of Paradise, and you are listening to the Metal Pit Podcast. Welcome to the Metal Pit Podcast, where we delve deep into the albums and bands that shaped metal. Please visit us on our website, The Metal Pit, at themetalpit.org, where you can find album reviews, interviews, and live show reviews and photos. Also, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Metal Pit. And for some video interviews and video shorts and audio versions of this podcast, you can visit our YouTube channel at youtube.com at The Metal Pit 666. And if you want to email the podcast to complain about my guests or me, <laughs> you can email us podcast at themetalpit.org. I am your host, Blake. And uh, I am the president of the Metal Pit. <laughs> I'll call it that. And my guests today are two of my writers. I have Jim, who's from Nova Scotia, Canada. How are you, Jim? Fantastic. Glad to be here. This is awesome. And I have Georgina from New York City, who hasn't been on since episode five. <laughs> How are you, Georgina? I'm doing very well, Blake. Thank you so much for having me again. It's wonderful to be here. I missed you all. <laughs> well, thank you. Now, today is a special day because, of course, it's Georgina's 29th birthday. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for these well wishes. Thank you so much, Blake. So, yeah. Blake, so happy have, birthday. Can we sing? Yeah, Jim's going to sing, he said. Happy birthday to you. Happy oh my goodness, you're making me blush. To you. Happy <laughs> oh my birthday, God. dear Georgina. Happy uh, birthday to you. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much, Jimmy. Thank you so much. I've got a smile for here, everybody. Thank you so much. I didn't Thank think you were going to sing. That's good. Okay. <laughs> Thank you I only so know much. one verse. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I think that's about it. <laughs> okay anyway, anyway Thanks, when i started guys. when i started this podcast georgina was on the first few with me anyway i know i just said she has been on since episode five this is episode 33 so it's been a while and jim's yeah, been we, on too. i think jim's been on three or four in a row i think yeah. so that's good he's getting to be a veteran Okay. Oh, and uh, wait. Okay. So now tonight we're going to talk about, or today we're going to talk about Judas Priest, as we haven't done a Judas Priest episode yet. And of course, if you don't know, they're an English heavy metal band, new wave of British heavy metal thing. They were formed in Birmingham, England in 1969. They have sold over 50 million albums. 1980 album, British Steel, was kind of when they kind of broke through maybe more not so much in north america it might be the one we're going to talk about which is screaming for vengeance uh but first i wanted to just say uh of course rob halford who we all know of course has been on oh i wrote it somewhere else and now i can't find it okay well, anyway he left the band in 1992 and he did four solo albums under his band name halford and he also had a couple side projects with Fight and Two. And when he left Priest, uh, Tim Ripper Owens took over and he did two studio albums with Judas Priest, which I don't even know if I remember. I don't remember the last time I listened to those. And let's see, the 
drum, the longest, well, the drummer, Dave Holland was a drummer and he joined in 1979 and he was a drummer for 10 years. Then he left the band and was replaced by Scott Travis, who is still a drummer today. And let's see, bass player Ian Hill and one of the guitarists, Glenn Tipton, have been on every album. And the other guitarist, K.K. Downing, left in 2011, replaced by Richie Faulkner, who is still in the band. And I think Andy Sneap joined in 2018 because sometimes Glenn Tipton couldn't, because um, he had some health issues or something, so he couldn't perform or something live, I think it is. Okay, they released 18 studio albums. I wanted to ask you guys something before I get to talking about Screaming for Vengeance a little more. Is Judas Priest and Iron Maiden... They're similar just because, you know, they both have the standout lead singer. They're both twin guitar things. They're both from British, from England, and it's both new wave of British heavy metal. But to me, they don't sound similar at all. What do you guys think? No, they wow, don't I, sound similar. <laughs> okay, I was just making sure it wasn't just me that thought that. No, no, it's not just you. No, that's the reality. Because, yeah, because, I mean, I, I discovered Iron Maiden before Judas Priest, even though Judas Priest was out first, but Iron Maiden is what got me into heavy metal. So, and I might as well ask that right now, too, then. So we're going to talk about uh, Scream of Revengeance, but when did both of you start listening to Judas Priest? Like, what album? Do you remember what album it was you listened to first, Georgina? I'll be honest with you, it was this one for me. And I remember... Um, I, I heard this in my first ever, uh, boyfriend's, yeah, puppy love in his basement at, um, his, at his mom's house. And I was like, Hey, this sounds really cool. And that was my first like exposure to, to this when I was like, Oh, wow, this is really cool. And I was like, and I took a look at the album cover and I was like, all oh, these colors. And I was like, Oh, check this out. But that was the first time I was ever like exposed to to the metal god so would it be that year though 1982 then yes yes okay. yes yes it would be the same year yeah and how about you <laughs> how about you jim when did you discover well, I, a bit of an interesting story i brought this up before but i i picked up i'm, I'm dating myself now so i would have been buying at a flea market back in 1980 a big pile of albums and in i was buying actually uh a disco album their saturday night fever and in one of the albums was missing because it was a double album in the second album was judas priest and after sin so i got it home started listening to i realized it wasn't the the other album so and then just it blew my mind so that you know from then on i was into judas priest but i have to admit this album i picked up in 1982 from columbia house is one of my and for a penny pick and, and <laughs> my mother split it between me my sister and her and I got three picks and I think I got a Def Leppard one I got believe it or not Platinum Blonde Standing in the Dark I think it was and I got this so but I mean this, this awesome album I love this album and and like Georgina said this would be I mean, I, I knew Judas Priest from Sin After Sin. It's one of my favorite albums of all time, mainly because I, I, it was my first real heavy metal album, kind of mistakenly. But this was one of the first ones that I kind of sunk my teeth into for sure. Okay, now from now, I'm not 29. I'm a little bit older than 29. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's even hard for me to remember, but I kind of think 
my first lesson of Judas Priest was the song Green Manalishi, their version of Fleetwood wow. Max, Green Manalishi with a two-pronged crown, which I think was on a compilation like cassette that I had or something, something about guitar thing or something, but I can't find it, so I don't have it anymore. But I think that's when I first heard Judas Priest. But as for an album, I'm pretty sure it is this album is the first album I heard because, as I said, Iron Maiden is how I got into heavy metal, and it was the number of the Beast, which was 1982, the same year as this one. So I'm sure after I heard Iron Maiden, then I would buy magazines or whatever and hear, oh, there's this other group from England, Judas Priest. So then I probably went out and started buying their albums. But I'm a little vague on if I did go out and buy Screaming for Vengeance or maybe British Steel. Like, I can't remember. I don't I don't have it written down what month Screaming for Vengeance came out. Like if it came out after Number of the Beast or before or whatever. So I can't really say all that stuff. Anyway, so the album is their, did I think I already mentioned this, their eighth studio album. Oh, it's released in July 82. I do have it here <laughs> on Columbia Records. And this was considered the band's commercial breakthrough. And of course, it has a kind of a popular song with You've Got Another Thing Coming. And, and of course, they play that song many, many times live, which I will mention later. So we're going to start talking about the album. Now, the first song is just a little intro. I don't think we need to talk about the Hellion. It's like 30 seconds. It's just an intro to the Electric Eye. So, Jim, what do you think of the Electric Eye? Oh, well, I mean, you, you can't mention the Electric Eye without the Hellion. So I'm going to go okay. backwards. <laughs> right, and, right. you know, I know it's only such a short song and an intro, but I only ever listened to it with the Hellion. I, I mean, when I was a kid, I remember thinking, is this part of the song? What is this? You know, because there wasn't very, now it seems like a lot of bands are really pushing like a smaller or lighter intro to bring into their album. Um, you know, even just under a minute, I find they're doing it more and more often. And back then it wasn't, you know, I don't think it was a, a, a normal occurrence, but I mean, it's awesome. And the electric eye, I mean, you know, you're looking at an a homage to the book, uh, you know, 1984 by George Orwell. I mean, all about the camera that's watching everybody that's watching society and i think it's definitely a shot at like a more so of a modern surveillance state but i mean the, the song is phenomenal it is probably one of my top my top judas priest song on this it's one of my favorites and uh i mean it's just that the guitar riff it's probably one of the most recognizable in metal. And I mean, I just absolutely love it. And and what's neat is I love the cover by Halloween that they did, I believe it was in 1996 on the Time of the Oath album. They added a cover and I think it was on the expanded edition uh, as some bonus material. But if you listen to it, it, they do a really good job of it. And I mean, this was, this whole album, I mean, it really shot into North America and got Judas Priest into that more commercial North America market. Um, probably a little bit on British Steel, but this one really solidified it. And I mean, I believe this song was the first single and I, I think it reached 38 on the USA Billboard's charts. But I, I mean, I absolutely love this song. Georgina. All right, well, here, can I can I just say one thing? Like the minute I hear Helion and, and the, the first track, I think of the text from the back of the album cover, right? From an unknown land and through distant skies came a winged warrior. Nothing remains sacred. 
No one was safe from the Helion and it uttered its battle cry, screaming for vengeance. Now that's that's poetry to me. And the Helion and Electrikai, I mean, there's there's no better way to start off a record. This song inspired lots of boys and even girls, right, to pick up the guitar. Um, as soon as that Helion starts, you know that you're in for, for something really, really special. And once it transitions into the classic electric eye, you know that you're about to experience one of the most badass records of the early 80s. So that's that's what I think right there. Well, I know one thing that bothers me is when I <clears throat> when I have a Spotify playlist playing and the Hellion plays, and then I think the Electric right. Eye is coming on next, and it's not because I have it on shuffle. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that's the difference between nowadays and back in the eighties when we used to have to listen to a record. <laughs> anyway, this song has okay. I'm going. I don't know if Georgina you even know this, but I've been checking out website called Setlist dot fm where they have concert listings of how many times they've played songs i'm not positive it's 100 percent correct but it's a good guide i guess and so the hellions or no, not the hellion electric eye apparently has been played 1120 times it's the seventh most played judas priest song live according to that website so that's just i'm not going to say every song about that but of course, we all know what song will be played the most on this album. <laughs> uh, I didn't really have anything to add yet. It is one of my favorite songs on the album as well. And they start a lot of the concerts with this song. And I like Glenn Tipton's guitar solo, of course. And there's a bunch of solos on this album. And yeah, it's like Jim said, I guess it's supposedly about satellites in the in the sky spying on us. And watching us, which of course they still do, but now it's on their phones. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, then we go on to Riding on the Wind. And I'll let Georgina start Riding on the Wind. I can't hear you. What happened? Wait, Georgina's sound. I'm is still off. here. I'm still oh, here. Okay. I'm still here. <laughs> you saw my mouth move, but nothing was happening. Yes. Riding on the Wind. Um, let me see. I mean, this continues on in that pace, and it's it's a highlight for a lot of listeners. And I find that a lot of drummers like love the opening of this song. So all this drumming and this instant excitement going on kind of brings this excitement to the table. So, I mean, I, I just, I love this whole album. I can't say anything negative about any song here. <laughs> this is just one of like the most classic heavy metal albums of all time. So that's what I have to say about Bloodstone. I no, mean, we're talking about Riding on the Wind. Riding on the Wind. I think I might, <laughs> I lost my place there. <laughs> okay, Jim, Riding on the well, Wind. Georgina kind of said it all. I mean, the drums in this, that drum intro, yeah. anybody who was wanting to be a drummer growing up, this song would definitely, you know, tap that, uh, tap them on the shoulder for that. And the guitarist, I mean, this is a fast song with a great chorus and it's got a perfect spot on the album, this song song number three after you you break into the hellion that sets it up for electric eye and then you're 
you know, you go break into riding in the wind. It's just awesome. I mean, again, like what Georgina says, I love every song on this album is, and I'm, you know, I don't want to give away my rating, but every song on this album is absolute gold. And it's, you know, there's not a negative thing I would even think about saying about any of these songs. I love that song. It's phenomenal. Um, and I guess the song is probably about driving a motorcycle. I'm assuming Yeah. <laughs> really fast, I guess. I don't know. I was kind of reading a website on song meetings where people give their interpretation of the song meetings. And most of them are kind of funny because a lot of them, they use Rob Halford's sexual, uh, you know, orientation as the reason the song is not this one, but there's some other ones. And I'm like, okay, I think you're reaching for that. But anyway, <laughs> and I'm not going to agree. I'm disagreeing with both of you already. See, it's funny. <laughs> I remember these albums and I think, Okay, I like that song. I'm not saying anything bad about that song. I'm saying something bad about the next song. But anyway, <laughs> but back then I'm thinking, oh, this is a great album. But then when I get ready for a podcast, I'll listen to it, make some notes. And then it's like, geez, I don't like this as much as I thought I did before. Not that I don't like this album. I'm just saying the song Bloodstone. I think Halford says Bloodstone way too much in this song. <laughs> when he just keeps saying it and I just feel it's running on at the end there. But there is great guitar solos in it, which cause saves the song for me, as I would really not like the song. Jim, what do you think of Bloodstone? Well, I know you like it. You already said you'd oh. like every song, but <laughs> yeah, this is a great song. And I mean, you know, it really shows Rob's vocals on this song. I mean, I like it. I I like the fact he sings that that says it that many times. And I mean, it's it starts off so cool. Like I love the intros to Judas Priest songs. They're just so they get right to the point quick. Or they send you in a different direction, like they start off a little bit slower, and then within a few seconds, it's just just takes right off. But I mean, this song is great, and I think it's. I, how many times do you have the? Uh, do you have any stats on how many times this has been played live? This has been played 114 times ah, live. Okay, which is I like, figured I not know, as much. Yeah, yeah, halfway yeah. is on the album or whatever. But no, I, I like the song. Again, it's another. It, you're 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 sliding into the fourth track here and i mean you're getting on an old album you're getting to the almost the end of for the first side and it's already i mean this is probably like like this is one of the most classic albums of all time so i mean this is just another another classic for me georgina you like bloodstone i do like i said i have nothing negative to say here for everything <laughs> but the wonderful thing about bloodstone right when you when you look at the lyrics the next couple of songs i really looked at the lyrics of what he was trying to tell us and the message he was conveying to people. And for Bloodstone, I mean, this basically, it's just about spilled blood in the world and violence that's never really justified and going in this cycle that um, will probably end the world one day. And this is a really great solid tune. And I looked at it from a different perspective, not just musically. I just kind of listened to what he had to say and the message that he's conveying pretty much is kind of never ending and it can kind of stand till today. You know, there, there's always like a little message in what he has to tell us. And um, this song and, um, you know, the next song, Chains, that kind of, you know, succeed that, like, I, I just love the lyrics on these two songs. I love the lyrics on all these songs, but but this one just kind of was a little bit more, it was like a little bit more of a deeper meaning um, 
And I thought that was really neat. Well, you can keep going talking about take these chains. What is it about then to you? Okay. Um, chains. Well, chains offers like this great mix up, but still it's a very hard rock type of tune. And I, again, I love, I love the lyrics of this song and it's catchy and you've got like this awesome guitar work. And I actually sing along to those lyrics, you know, and a lot of us are singing along to these lyrics. And I think Judas Priest is really well known for these catchy tunes where I'm like, you know, driving in my car and I'm like singing along to his tunes because they're simple, they're effective, and it, it, it's catchy. Love, love the lyrics here too. And Jim? What? Totally. This is like a carpool karaoke song. Like, I mean, <laughs> the, the earworm that it produces. Georgina's right. I mean, you're singing this song and if you haven't listened to this album in a while, it just, it just, that one just really puts a smile on your face. It starts off slow. It, that was one of the ones I was talking about where you're like, oh, okay, maybe this is going to start into like, it's going to be a ballad, you know, if you've never heard this album before. And then the guitar riff just speeds up. And I mean, it's, and the melody is amazing. And, and it creates that earworm that you just, I mean, this is definitely one. I mean, uh, Blake, from what I can tell, you're a car guy. You must play this and just go speeding down the road in that souped up vehicle yeah well maybe when i used maybe in the 80s i did yes because i don't really think i really, i mean yeah i don't think i've listened to this album in quite a while actually oh. i mean i have a few songs on my you know i have it on my playlist so once in a while songs will pop up or whatever from whatever judas priest because actually i'll say it right now i like freak i like the next album better <laughs> really Okay. Defenders of the Faith, right? That's the next one, I think. Yes, I like that one better. But again, I'm saying I don't like this album. I'm just saying that I like that one better. <laughs> anyway, then we have Pain and Pleasure. And this song has been played zero times live, <laughs> according wow. to that website. And let's see. Is it, I don't Okay, I'll let Jim talk. I was going to say, what do you think the song is about, for one thing? This is... Be careful, I I, kids listening. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's got kind of a, an interesting lyrical content to it. It can go in many different ways. I was actually just reading, going through about two days ago, just preparing for this and, and reading through it. Um, so, you know, I guess it depends on where your where your mind is at during this, uh, what you're what you're thinking about it. But I mean, the bluesy sound to it is wicked, and and like Rob's voice has got that kind of echoey sound to it I, I it's a great song and I mean I absolutely love it it's just like every other song on this album but I mean the bluesy sound to it really kind of gives you know it gives Judas Priest you're, you're heading into song six here and they're already mixing it up with uh sort of the presentation of what they're what they're giving you and I think uh you know that's why this album was obviously so popular because much every song on this definitely could have been a, a released as a single for sure and Georgina, do you like pain and pleasure? The song? <laughs> Somehow I knew you were gonna go. Uh, I knew you were going to go there. That's that's a part of life. That's a part of life. I I I do love this song. And I I, I find that a lot of people um tend to cover this song, believe it or not. When I've gone to like, you know, cover bands, they tend to actually cover this song. 
and they learn that guitar solo and they kind of do their thing. Is it a great song? Is it a great, you know, a segue to everything else? I mean, it follows in a similar note, but it has like these really great change-ups in there for like a midway album. And you've got like these slow and steady grooves in there. Yeah, I, I like Pain and Pressure. <laughs> I, <do like> it. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> this is it. This is it. No doubt about it. <laughs> well, as I, as I said, I don't really, I don't really get into the lyrics that much sometimes. But for doing the podcast, I thought I'd read. So some people were saying it's about a relationship where the sex is really good, but the relationship is really bad. So they stay for the pleasure, even though they're in pain. <laughs> and then, of course, other people think it's about yeah, more adulty things, even than that, <laughs> which right. I won't get into. But so yes, it's. Depends who you are and how you take the song, right? Then right. we turn the record over in the old days and we go to the title track, Screaming for Vengeance, which I like way better than the last few songs we were just talking about. As And these two songs back to back, but we'll just do Screaming for Vengeance first. Uh, Georgina, do you like, okay, do you like Screaming for Vengeance? I mean, what, what do you think my answer is going to be here, really? <laughs> I mean, what do you think I am going, what do you think the consensus is here? I mean, I this is arguably the the best song, um, at least on the album. At least I think um, the vocals here just make you proud to be a metalhead. And um, from listening to the song, you could tell that um, Rob is at his peak. He, he really is. He really is. Love this song. This is one of this is one of my favorite songs on this whole album, and mm -hmm. it's the title of it. I love it. <laughs> and Jim? Oh, yeah. I mean, his vocal range on this and his screams are just, and his, this really shows off his vocal ability. And it's one of my favorites, if not up there with Electric Eye for me. It's it's awesome. I mean, it's probably the fastest track on the album. And the, the drums and bass sound so good. But, you know, proud to be a metalhead. I love that quote. And this definitely you know, Georgina nails it with it. That this is this is quintessential heavy metal, and what it you know, this is exactly what it is. I mean, if I if I was starting a band today, this song would be something I would want to try to, you know, kind of kind of do if 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 I was if I was in that position because this is definitely just screams metal from the rooftops. Now, they've only played this song 135 times live. I thought they would have did this one more, but for some reason, I don't know why. I guess I didn't want to do two songs back to back from the same album. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it's probably my favorite song on the album, too. Of course, you've got another thing coming, which is next is the most popular song, as it was the second single, I believe. And it's the fourth song they've played the most live. Um, and it's been excuse me, it's been played 1219 times live, wow. according to this website. And I will ask Jim, what do you think of you've got another thing coming? Ah, it's a great, great track. And I mean, it's kind of neat because, yeah, this was the second single, and this would have been the one that really, I think, in North America with the video rotation on, on Much Music and uh, MTV kind of really, really shot this album into the stratosphere. Uh, I mean, it got a lot of airplay. 
back in the day. And I mean, it's a staple for them. Uh, you know, it's a, got a great chunky sound to it. Um, you know, if it was even a bit slower, you've got some definite doom elements in there. If it was a bit slower and, 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 you know, Rob's vocals were a bit lower in some spots, but I mean, it's just, it, it's a great song. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely, I mean, the whole album's in my top half of the album, I guess I'd say. So it's just another one that I absolutely love. Um, but I mean, you know, even, even casual fans, you know, you get into this as one of the top four or five songs that most casual fans even can can sing to. And, uh, you know, another one that another track that creates that earworm for sure. And Georgina, do you like you've got another thing coming? <laughs> what, what, what do you think? Like, this is kind of like uh, there, there's a lot of attitude here, guys, in this song. Yeah. And you know it. And it's kind of like he's telling us, like, he's giving us a way of how to kind of deal with our own personal way, you know, way of dealing things and issues in life that kind of are challenging us. And it's 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 also a song of hope and rising above issues and like difficulties in life and how resilient we can be. I really I look into like I interject with these songs and. I think, like, just listening to this song, even to date, like, you could see how it was worthy of every second of airplay um, to even today, right? And, and like Jimmy said, like, you know, MTV, even me as a seasoned listener, I could totally see why this had, like, a ridiculous amount of heavy MTV rotation <laughs> back in the day. And I read this little factoid before I came on here about the song itself where while um they never really generated like judas priest never really generated a top 40 radio hit through their career you've got another thing coming was their heart their their highest charting hit in the usa and i believe it hit number 67 from what i read so who knows you know this is really um it's a little bit of an anthem like you get mad you're like i can you got another thing coming i'm gonna play this thing on 11. And I think thoughts. they play it at sporting events a lot too, if I'm not mistaken. Oh yeah, <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, and yeah. I saw a quote from Rob Halford that said the lyrics were about what you just kind of said—just this attitude that we've always had in Priest. And he says also that we have in our personal way of dealing with issues that are sent to challenge us. There you go. And it's also wrapped up in. Oh, in the heavy metal community culture or the way we support each other with our metal. Okay. Well, like it bonds us, like it kind of bonds us. Like you gotta, all right, I'll take it. Then we go on to fever, which for some reason they played two times live. I don't know if that's right. <laughs> Why would you pick two concerts to play the song? I don't know. Now it's kind of hard to follow up after screaming for vengeance and you've got another thing coming but i'm sure you two love this song so let's go with georgina i'm gonna i'm gonna keep this one simple i do love the song and i actually think it's a very highly underrated track and um i think it should be it should get more recognition or it should have gotten more recognition i i really love the song i really do and that's all I could say about it is that it's just underrated. <laughs> it hasn't gotten the recognition that it deserves. And jam. 
Absolutely. I have underrated written here. Uh, it's like Georgina's reading my notes, which is great. Um, oh, my know. God. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, but it is. It's massively underrated. And it's a great song. And I mean, you know, it's, I love how it starts off and you're thinking, okay, maybe this is going to be a ballad. And then at like, I think just over a minute, it just rips into the guitar and that. And it's just, it's such a great song. And, you know, it's, uh, I, I think uh, it definitely needs to get more love out there. For, absolutely. I agree with that. And when I read read about this, and yes, it said underrated. So I don't know if you both read the same thing I read or what, but <laughs> but of course it's it is underrated. underrated because... But you never hear it. But you never hear yeah. it. It's well, totally. I guess I've never heard two times radio. live. Yeah, I've like never heard anyone play this song. Like I guess ever. they didn't do any their self any favors by not playing it either. True, but you know they whatever. But. Okay, and then the last song, and that, this is in honor of Georgina's birthday again, because this song is obviously about her. It's called Devil's Child. You flatter me so. You flatter me so. With, with the lyrics, oh no, got your claws stuck in me. That definitely sounds like Georgina, I think. So Does it Georgina, really? do you When I'm in like... a bad mood, when I'm in a bad mood, yeah, you definitely don't want to mess with this devil child, no doubt about that. Without without question, but yeah, uh, the the unfortunate thing, yeah, the Taylors have come out, and it says, yeah, right, eat my diamonds, drink all my gin, feast your eyes, <laughs> a whole lot of sin. Thanks a lot, pal. <laughs> I think it's a great song. It it is a great song. Um, obviously, it's a you're, you're talking about uh, some material that other people might like to talk about or might find it um a little you know uh different so to speak i don't know how to kind of categorize it <laughs> i don't want to offend anybody i don't know you know you say something and then somebody might take it the other way and um i, I believe it's like a slept on track and I, I i enjoy this just as much as i do feed and fever like i said this whole album is um i could go as far as to say that the closing four tracks are probably like uh you know their finest moment and nothing but brilliance after brilliance and these perfect clover you know these perfect excuse me closers to uh an album that is just as good as this one really and jim anything to add on that song Oh, I, I mean, Georgina said it all. It's like this half of this. So, you know, back in the old days when you're dealing with sides, this side of this album is just amazing. And probably one of the best, not only one of the best albums, but this is one of the best sides. And uh, I just, I mean, it's a great song. Like, like Georgina said, the last couple of songs to end it off this way is great. I think it's got a great position on the, on the album. And uh, no, I, I mean, you know, I, whoever laid the producer laid this out did such a great job and uh i mean it's definitely a masterpiece in my mind the whole album and devil's child is one of my favorite songs on the album also Yay. oh boy <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh boy you devil you child too you're well, you a devil child I... too <laughs> yeah well, i didn't i didn't mean i'm a it's about me i mean i like the song um <laughs> uh anyway sorry i was gonna i was looking for something else but so yes that's the album so now we're gonna rate it and i'm thinking i'm gonna hear some <laughs> double digits here from some people so georgina what would you give it out of 10 
you know what I'm going to give this album. You know, you guys know exactly what I'm going to give this album, right? I'm going to give this album a, a, I mean, listen, it's 9.5 on a crappy day, right? (laughs) So what do you think I'm going to give it, right? And, And the thing is that the crazy thing about this album, right, is that it's actually a very short album. It's it's just under, I think, uh, just under 40 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. Which technically, right, is a perfect length for an album like this. Um, so, I, I mean, it's it's just a perfect album. I give it a 10. <laughs> and Jim, yeah. you're, giving it, you're giving it a 10, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, I'm giving it a 10. <laughs> I mean, I, I, like, the album length is a big thing, and Georgina hits it on the head here. As I've talked about, like, you know, other albums that are albums that are being released in these days where I find the bands are trying to put so much, so much material on it that they're just kind of throwing it, seeing what they throw against the wall and if it'll stick. This was pure talent. And I like it when bands really get to the point quick. Maybe I have a shorter attention span. I don't know. It's probably from all the years of listening to heavy metal, but I, I, I absolutely love this. Yeah, it's a ten out of ten for me. Easy. One of my, I mean, one of my top albums of all time. Yeah, this uh, is like stranded on a desert island, Blake. Yeah, yeah, you know, you yeah. stranded on a desert island. Well, I'm not. I'm not taking this on a desert island. I'll say. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. <laughs> Unless I'm taking. A uh, hundred albums, maybe then I might, but not. <laughs> I'm only taking like five. <laughs> I'm giving it an eight. I seem to be giving a lot of albums eights lately, <laughs> so I'm giving it an eight. Because ah. actually, Judas, I like Judas Priest, but you know, I was Iron Maiden guy first, and even though, like we said, they don't really sound similar, so they're different bands, obviously. It's not like thrash bands that might sound similar or whatever. So they're very different, but I don't know. I was just always uh, more of a listening to Maiden than I was Priest, even though, again, I did like this album. I like the next album and then Painkiller. And what about that? Before we, what about other albums? Like what other, have you listened to any of the last three or four? I don't, I haven't really, I don't think even listened barely to the last few albums they've released. How about Jim? Have you? Oh, yeah. I mean, I've got their whole catalog. Uh, I also have a couple of box sets. So I'm a pretty big fan. I mean, I'm, I, but I'm like that with practically everything, as you know, Blake. I'm like, you know, I'm just constantly just collecting stuff. But I mean, like Firepower in 2018, they've got a new album coming out, apparently. But Firepower was amazing. I thought was great. You know, Angel of Retribution in 2005, which was Rob's return. Um, you know, I Jugulator and Demolition, uh, you know, without Rob, they're okay. But I mean, uh, you know, I even, I like Turbo. A lot of people, you know, it was kind of, they, they classified more as maybe a little bit more 80s themed uh, because they kind of changed it up a bit after Defenders to Turbo. But I, I still like it. I mean, it's, you know, Painkiller's really good. Um, I've seen Judas Priest only live once. And that was only, that was actually last year. I think it was on their 50th uh, anniversary tour and they had Queensryche open for them. And I mean, it was great. It was great. Oh, Georgina. Well, you want, you can talk about them live or talk about their other albums, whatever you want to do. Yeah. I mean, I've got, I've, I've got a couple of their albums. I have Angel of Retribution. I've got Demolition. Um, I also, obviously I got Painkiller was another one of my favorites. Um, Turbo, obviously that goes without saying, 
obviously the album that we're talking about screaming um for vengeance uh british steel so i have i have a few in my uh catalog i think uh i listened to uh sin after sin and stained class my brother had that because my brother was yeah like he he was he got me into a lot of heavy metal and rock and roll early on in the day and i think it was also he had sad wings of destiny um as well um great album yeah it is it is a great album i actually i i saw them live um for the first time as a teenager with my older brother at the time um they had the i don't know if you guys remember you might might not or heard of it the operation um uh, rock and roll tour and this was in the 90s and it featured obviously you know you got Judas priest there there was alice cooper as well um motorhead was on the bill and um, Metal Church. And there was another band I just can't remember right now at this time, but I just remember that this this was over at the uh, Orange County Fairgrounds. And the tour itself was um, in honor of the U.S. forces that were involved in Operation Desert Storm at the time during the Gulf War. So there was there was a lot of meaning behind this whole tour. So that I can, that was a great time. I was just a kid, but I was, I, I thankfully, God bless America. I was fortunate enough to kind of be exposed to all this wonderful music and people and whatnot. So good memories here for me. Uh, I already mentioned the albums a little bit, but I did like British Steel and I did like the live one Unleashed in the East, which Green Man Unleashed yeah. was on because my car is green. So like, I like that song. <laughs> <laughs> And I like painkiller and ram it down. I didn't much like turbo and I, but I haven't really the last three or four or five, I guess it would be five even, I guess I'm getting into uh ripper owns territory too there. But I mean, I probably listened to them a couple of times, but I just never really got into them, I guess, but you know, there's a lot more competition for your listening thing now or then than there was back in the eighties, of course. Uh, oh, I was going to mention one thing. I like Rob Halford uh, guesting on Ugly Kid Joe's song, Goddamn Devil. <laughs> ah, that's right. I don't know. Have you? I listened to yeah. that because I like Ugly Kid Joe. <laughs> and so I like <laughs> that. <forgive> you. <laughs> and what else was... Uh... Oh, and live. I was going to say that. Now, I think, Judas, I think I only seen Judas Priest once, I think. And I can't remember the year. <laughs> it was the 80s. I think I saw, I think Helix from Canada opened up for them. Oh, wow. It's so, I saw a lot of concerts back in the 80s. I can't, so, but I think that's the only time I've ever seen Judas Priest. But I think I saw Rob Helford solo twice, I think. Once opening up for Iron Maiden. It was Motorhead, Helford, and Iron Maiden. And then I think I saw him with Iron Maiden again and Entombed, I think, for some reason, was on that bill. <laughs> so I think I've seen Halford twice and Judas Priest once. So I don't really have much memories of uh, that stuff. And go back to Screaming Revenge in a second. Billboard Top 200, it reached number 17. And on Canada's album charts, it also reached number 17. And on the UK, it reached number 11. And that's anything else to add about the album before we get to our top 10 list? Oh, God. No. no it's just, okay. I mean, it was awesome. It's awesome. And I guess it'll probably be it, on some got, of these lists, I think. You got to raise it to a number nine there, Blake. Come on. 
No, uh, Defenders of the Face is, is nine. Yeah, they're all nine. Okay. <laughs> I don't think I would have a 10, Judas Priest. I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. I like I like British Steel a lot, too, though. I don't, but I haven't listened to that whole album in a while. But anyway, we're going to do our top 10 of 1982. I'm going to go first since if anybody looks at our website, we have a little history tab at the top where I did a feature on the year 1982 where I have my top 10 list in there. But I tweaked it a little to change it up because I wanted because I was listening to a few of the albums the other day and thought I'm going to change it. So, oh, and by the way, my, my these are in order. Georgina, I don't know if you put yours in order or not, but anyway, no, I didn't. I didn't okay. put it in order. I didn't because I, I love them all equally the same. Um, okay, I, I forgot you mentioned. So I was going to mention that to you on a message before about that we put them in order, but. That's what you get for not being on an episode in like 27 episodes. You know what? I'll go, I'll just ad lib as I go down because there's only 10 of them. So I'll well, kind of I'll talk it. first, then Jim will talk. And while we're talking, you can sort yours in order. You got it. That's a brilliant plan. You got it. You got it. Blake. Okay. So anyway, so my number 10, and I'm starting at 10. My number 10 album was Crocus and Metal Rendezvous. Oh my god. Oh yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> I forgot about nine, that one. Number nine, I got Raven with Wiped Out. Awesome. Number eight, I have Led Zeppelin with Coda, even though it was wasn't really it wasn't a real studio. I mean it was a studio album, but it was it wasn't all new songs. It was retakes or whatever, not remakes of songs, but just songs that they never put on any other albums or whatever but i'm a big led zeppelin fan that people might remember from our deep purple thing where i think i had three led zeppelins in my top 10 albums <laughs> anyway number seven now this is where it kind of switched it out i didn't have this on my list on the 1982 thing because they're not really heavy metal but i said that it doesn't have to be heavy metal for this so i have the head pins from canada and their album turn it loud because it's one of my favorite albums from canada hard rock bands and so that's my number seven and my top six are the same that they are on the website but if you haven't read it so number six is twisted sister with under the blade which is their debut album i believe i think they had an ep before that but this is their first full studio length album back when they're more raw and not just writing for mtv <laughs> number five i have this album scream for vengeance is my number five sorry it's not higher whatever number four i have manowar with battle hymns because i love manowar number three i have another canadian band with anvil and metal on metal number two i got venom with black metal because i love venom <laughs> And my number one album, you could probably guess if you know me, and that is Chorus Iron Maiden, Number of the Beast, is my number one album, 1982. And that is, yeah, we know that. <laughs> okay, Jim, <laughs> what's your top 10? Oh, wait, sorry. Before, no, I'll let, I'll let you two go before. I got one honorable mention if I don't forget. Oh, good. Give me honorable well, mention. I want to see okay. if it might be on one of your two lists, so I'll wait and see. Gotcha. Okay. Okay, so Jim, well, go ahead with your top 10 then. Okay, so I'm just going to start with an honorable mention, and then I have two. I couldn't, I had to go with 11, so I, <laughs> I tied two, so I kind of cheated a bit. But anyways, my honorable mention is the Merciful Fate EP. I put it as an honorable mention because it's an EP, but, okay. you know, the nuns have no fun. I uh, love that album. I had a copy of it back in the day, 
and then obviously never got a release of it. And just, I, I actually picked it up on Amazon a few years ago and uh, it's an awesome EP. Number 10, I have two ties. So my first one is Y&T Black Tiger. Love that album, love Y&T. And then I tied them with Tigers of Pantang, The Cage. And the reason why I tied these two together is because one has Tiger in the title and one, the band's name has Tiger in it. So, you know, it kind of goes together. And I, I but I mean, I kind of would like to have Tigers of Pantang, one of my favorite bands. That album's not one of my favorites, but still an awesome album. Number nine, I got to go with Rainbow, Straight Between the Eyes, uh, you know, Jolene Turner, wow. Stone Cold. I love this album. It was done at the Le Studio in Montreal, in Quebec. So, I mean, you know, that's an awesome album. And I love Rainbow's one of my favorite bands in all uh, eras. Number eight, uh, I go with the Michael Schenker group. Assault Attack, uh, you know, that's with the vocalist Graham Bonnet. Love that, uh, that album and love Michael Schenker. It's, it's awesome. Number seven, Blake, I, a little bit earlier, you know, yours, I went the Twisted Sister, Under the Blade, Shoot Him Down, amazing song, Under the Blade, Bad Boys of Rock and Roll. This was an awesome album. And I mean, you know, was, I like it better than Stay Hungry, even though I do like Stay Hungry, but that first <laughs> album's phenomenal. Number six, I'm going to go with Accept, Restless and Wild. Awesome, awesome album. Princess of the Dawn, you know, Fast as a Shark, Wicked. Number five, same, Venom, Black Metal. I mean, that's their second album. Countess Bathory, amazing song. And I love Venom. Uh, number four, I'm going to go with Motorhead, Iron Fist. Awesome, awesome album. Love Motorhead. Number three, one of my top three or four bands of all times, which is the Scorpions. Got to go with Blackout. I mean, No One Like You. The song Arizona is one of my favorite Scorpion songs. Probably my second favorite Scorpion album of all time. And then it was a real battle between two and one, but I put Screaming for Vengeance in number two only because I went with the number of the beast. Iron Maiden is number one. And like you, Blake, I love these two bands equally, but it's just Iron Maiden a little bit more. This album was just equally, I, I, maybe next week I'd switch them around. I don't know, but that's my top 11, I guess. <laughs> and actually on my 1982 page, I had 11 on that one. <laughs> and and I did have Accept on that list. I just took them off this list just because I wanted yeah. to include the head pins. Anyway, Georgina, did you do your homework while we were talking? Uh I, I did. I did. And I think I'm going to surprise you guys because I awesome. mean, I was, yeah, I'm going to surprise you because I really mixed it up. Like uh, I was, I was a really, really young snot nosed kid when all these albums came out and I was kind of, I, I was in between rock and roll, like hard rock and heavy metal. Like I was, cause that was the era right? That's all we had to listen to. So mm. I kind of, I graduated from rock and roll. And I went into hard rock and then I went into metal. That's how I kind of evolved into this genre. And they all kind of bleed into one. They all kind of shake hands with each other and they're in bed with each other and they all get along. So that's the beauty of it. So I think you guys are going to be very surprised because I totally went against what all you guys did. So <laughs> I'll begin with 10, right? Yes. White Snake. Snake uh, Saints and Sinners. I, yes. I went I went there. I went there. I went nice. there, right? I like White Nine. Snake. I love White yeah. Snake album. <laughs> but you guys didn't put it on your list though as a top ten, right? But I was well, like, no. oh women I... women love White Snake. 
we love white snake anything to do with white snake we just love it <laughs> well if it was the year of slide it in it might have made it on my list because i really like that album oh but... boy right that's a really good album too you're right that's but a good anyway, one too go ahead sorry um <laughs> nine because i i mean i i loved kiss i loved the concept uh, of kiss and makeup and performing yeah. and um I, i've got a ton of like kiss albums uh creatures of the night made my list as number nine um number eight i'll go with the, the, you guys you also mentioned uh twisted sister under the table i mean blade uh, <laughs> under the blade i'm sorry <laughs> i'm thinking of something else in my mind there but exactly under the blade um i, I just love that love that album seven you guys are going to be surprised with this one I went with Aldenova, self-titled. Oh no, wicked album! Aldenova, yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's 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 a great album. But you guys didn't talk about it, so I said, you know what? This is gonna make my top ten. Number six is gonna shock you even more. And I said to myself, I go, if I was ever to leave this planet, there are a few musicians that I would love to meet, and this individual is the top one that I would love to meet. Um, and it's Pete Townsend. And Pete Townsend came out with Chinese Eyes this at during this year. I'm a big Pete Townsend fan. I listened to The Who as a very, very young girl, and I just love The Who. I love their theatrics at the time, but Pete Townsend is a genius. And um I I loved um Chinese Eyes. And I this is one of my like go-to albums like for the desert island you know along with empty glass and empty glass which i just love that album like definitely uh worthy of more recognition but i i just love pete townsend so that would be my number six number five is scorpions uh blackout right yeah I definitely you knew that this was gonna make my list i mean that's there's yeah. this is just kind of an epic album. Um, number four for me was Iron Maiden, Number of the Beast. Sorry, Blake. I it didn't make number one for me. It didn't make number one, but it did make number four. And no, that's okay. Obviously, groundbreaking. Number three is again, this was a big band for me when I was young, trying to find my way within the, you know, this these genres. Like I said, it was rock and roll, hard rock, and heavy metal, and they all kind of intermingled within each other. Rush Signals. I was a huge Rush fan, um, and my brother was a drummer, and um, I had seen many uh, Rush um, concerts live over the years. But um, I would say Rush Signals would be number three. Number two... And this is one of my favorite bands of all time. It's not a metal band. It's Van Halen. I yeah. love Van Halen, Diver Down. Um, I love um, anything that uh, they have done. Like literally, like Van Halen is a staple and there's so many great memories attached to Van Halen. And I was fortunate enough to actually see Van Halen live before Eddie died. Um, which was really something on my bucket list because I was like, I want to see Van Halen live. You know, I never got a chance to see 
you know, uh, David Lee Roth in Vegas. So this was something because it was a part of my 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 upbringing and and just growing up. Huge Van Halen was like huge, and even today when I listen to Van Halen, I'll be dancing in the streets. I'll be just kind of it just takes me back to those days and just really really um, uh, a very very um, important band in um, rock and roll history. And number one is obviously the album that we were talking about today is Screaming for Vengeance by Judas Priest. So that's my top 10 list. And thank you for giving me some time to kind of, you know, put it in order. That's good. I, I would consider thank Van Halen heavy metal. It's just you know, they're Same. at the roots of heavy metal, I guess. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, would, All right. I, would, I, would, I mean, it's hard to categorize what. I mean, they'd be hair metal. If hair metal was already out, then they probably would have been lumped into that just because of David Lee Roth or whatever. <laughs> Anybody want to do a podcast with me on Van Halen? I'll do it in a drop of a hat. I'm sure I'm somebody will do a Van Halen podcast. But see, I don't uh, really like, see, I, I don't, re I didn't really like that album too much. Like, I really like the first one, the first two, Women and Children First. I really like that one, but I didn't like this. That's why it didn't make my list, just because I didn't like that album as much as their older ones or whatever. Right, and I never right. saw Van Halen live. I did see David Lee Roth live twice, though. So. I'm jealous. <laughs> of course, that would be with Steve Vai, not, of course. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Right. And anyway, my one honorable mention was not necessarily that it should fit in the top 10, but Girl Schools had their debut yeah. album in 1982. And since they were like probably the first real female heavy metal band, I thought they were an honorable mention to mention that because I did that also on my 1982 page that I wrote. And one thing to mention about a band, you, you're talking about Desert Island. And so if we so if we were on a desert island and we were getting off the desert the island to go back to safety, if I saw your Kiss albums, I'd probably bury them in the sand so they didn't come back with us. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just me. That's okay. All right. Even Dress to Kill. Dress to Kill was a good album. Uh, you know, and, and on our top 70 albums there, I think my top 10 was the Kiss debut album. I mean, I, I love Kiss. And Creatures I battled with, but I just, mm. it just got, it was on there and then it just kind of flowed off just with just with what I was going through. So, but I mean, Kiss, I love Kiss. But Blake, you're not a Kiss fan, are you? No, I don't like Kiss. Um, <laughs> I had, I, do, I have one Kiss album and it's Lick It Up, or is that what it's called? No, what's it called? Yeah. Is it called Lick, Lick It Up? Yeah. <laughs> When they took their makeup off, I thought, okay, now I can listen to Kiss. <laughs> but so that album's okay. And the song I Love It Loud, there's a few songs. My bro I think my older brother had Love Gun. So I used to listen to that a bit. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. That's and, awesome. Uh, they have their song called Beth, and my mom's name is Beth, or whatever. <laughs> but yeah, I just never got into Kiss. It was probably more Gene Simmons. Uh, when I got to know who Gene Simmons was is how I began to not like Kiss because of him, <laughs> because of his attitude and how they're making toilet paper to sell money and whatever. Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so anyway, so I guess that's our episode. Uh, I will say the next podcast episode is going to be about a group from New York, actually. Sabotage. They're from New York, right? Yeah, they are. Yeah. And we're gonna, and I'm gonna be doing uh, Streets, the rock opera one, album that they had. So that will be awesome. with Eric and uh, nice. yeah. 
Billy. So thank you guys for joining me tonight. I hope you had fun. Always. Awesome. Thank you, Blake. Yeah, thank you, Jimmy. Thank you, everybody. Okay. Oh, it was thanks. awesome. Nice, nice meeting Oops. you, uh, Georgina. That was awesome. Thank you. Likewise, likewise. Okay. And thanks thank for the birthday song, guys. Thanks yeah. for the birthday wishes. You're the best. Okay, go get drunk best. now. It's your birthday. Go I will, drunk. absolutely. Okay. <laughs> thanks, everybody, for listening. <laughs> Goodbye.